All for you, it's Friday edition. The Jeff Halfley Speaks, 3 o'clock today. 21 days after he was hired as the Packers' new defensive coordinator, we will meet Jeff Halfley. And the W-I-T-A, WITA edition. If you're wondering what that acronym stands for, it stands for What Is Today's Acronym Edition of Wilde and Tausch. <laughs> On 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee, 100.5 ESPN Madison, 1430 ESPN Beaverdam, ESPNWisconsin.com, the ESPN app, your Alexa smart speaker, streaming live video, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, of course, everything you need on Wisconsin On Demand, which allows you to get the podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. Spotify, like where Tausch listened to The Edge with Micah Parsons and... Jordan Love the other day. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, everything you need. Thanks to Wisconsin On Demand. I'm Jason Wilde in Green Bay. Jesse Nelson is in the Everlight Solar ESPN Madison Studios. Oh, look at you. And you're normally shaped. You fixed the video. Congratulations. And from his undisclosed location, he's the Packers Hall of Famer. The big teaser. It is Mark Tauscher. Tauscher, good morning. What do you mean the big teaser? I think we'll all find out together at about 9, 14 to 9, Jesse, 18. did you tell Wildy that I'm teasing you can't something? Tell, you're right. He sucks at secrets. You didn't tell what me it was a secret. What on earth are you doing? I sent you it late late in the show prep so that you could do that. What you are took you me doing? off the text chain? Yes. I, I sent Jesse because I, I'm intrigued to know if you know it is a great nugget that my my guy Greg told me about yesterday, and I said, send me that. Greg Cosell? Yes, Greg Cosell sent me it. But <laughs> Greg he sends me this. Oh, We're talking about this. You didn't this. tell me I wasn't supposed to bring it up. You just said I'm giving you a heads up. I, you I, never Jesse, said it was a secret. I could be, I, Jesse, I ain't going to I could be more disappointed. I haven't been I, this I understand bamboozled that since I, like, I played matchmaker in college for Kyle and Adele. Huh, it didn't work uh, better. I'm like giving... No. Who's Adele? Are you talking about the singer? No, Adele? she was a friend Hello of ours. from the other side. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what they're saying now. I, it, so now it's ruined. Now do I just tease it now <laughs> and day, wait? My like, day was ruined, Jerry. I didn't want you know how Jason Jesse, gets when you interrupt God, him. Am I frustrated no, with you? Listen, Jason, oh I'm never doing this again. You said you're gonna tease out, and Jason always gets a little bit frustrated when you tease us out, and he loses Not control of the show. Good, so all I did, well, I didn't tell him ruined. what we, I didn't tell him what we were gonna it's talk totally about. Ruined. I just said Tausch has something he wants to tease for the second segment, and then I'm Jason so goes and spoils it in the first two minutes of the show. You, you know he more, can't we're keep a secret, place than we would have been. Jesse. You know he can't. Keep us. You know he gets FOMO. He gets issues. I can't believe you. And you tell him right away. I mean, you didn't tell me. I wasn't supposed to say anything. That's what a so secret now do I do is. A full segment tease because I was gonna say. I, you know, this is a huge oh, tease. Maybe we should break right away. Actually, on time. That might be a smart move. This is the worst. I ruined the show. You didn't tell me it was a secret. Well, 
I mean, take a hint. <gasps> oh, I like this. <sighs> oh, now Jesse's salvaging the first segment. All right, keep going, Jesse. Yeah, let's go. Come on. I just, I just want to give you a heads up. Not, uh, all right, I know you don't like this. Don't say anything, but Tausch wants to tease out of the first segment, so he's got something for the second segment. So I had to say. I don't need him to. I, I'll do my Pella read, and then I'm going to tease it out. Jason needs to know nothing about it. In fairness nothing. to Jesse, even though he now blames me for his inability to let me know it was a secret, in fairness to Jesse, he's right. When you do the Pella read, which is always great, by the way, although at the beginning Thanks. of the month, it's not that great. But when you do the Pella read... Well, I think your Gruber read sucks. Do you want to start doing this? I didn't. Is that... What have I, I done? Say they, I don't remember saying Jeez. that the early month one sucked. I believe I said that. I don't think you're not. actually going to go do construction work for Johnson & Sons. Well, I can assure you I will be. So... Um, all right, I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's another tease down the road. I, I, we just the bottom line: what we've learned and what we know and what Jesse should understand five years into this show with us is that you have to. Uh, there is a line where I don't want to tell Jason exactly what I'm thinking because you want natural reaction. Mm -hmm. I don't want pr everything to be staged and prepped. And None of our show is not... staged. None of it is. I understand. I understand, but if there was something really that I'm that like, okay, either. <laughs> I would agree on both accounts <laughs> in a very big way. But now what you've done, Jesse, is you've put inordinate amount. I wanted this to be a natural flow, uh -huh. and what I didn't want to have to do, I sent you a screenshot of some info I wanted you to put up later so that I don't have to make you look like an idiot. Well, with, hey, happen. where's that audio? Hey, where's that clip? I was trying to be proactive to make mm. everybody on our team successful. Thank Jason, you for your service. Oh, gosh, that's an interesting point. Woo, who is that? You don't think what, it'll be interesting happened? still? It's not going to be the same. It's just not. It's not. He, so he, I'm almost debating if I just do it now and get rid of the whole idea <laughs> of the tease. Well, I don't have the graphic ready, so you're going to need at least a little bit of time here. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a little bothered that you're you're like taking me off the. T it, this is like when I got Lafleur and Greg Gard together, and they deleted me from the text chain. I don't, I don't appreciate that. Like, it's nothing like that at all. You're keeping secrets. But I, I heard something, so I'll salvage this. I'm gonna Fred Sanford this. Salvage it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, junkyard dog, Mark Tauscher. So, I Justin Fields, who you know, I know Packer fans are like whatever. Bears are gonna trade him. He got rid of social media, and he did a really good job. I was listening to Greeny this morning kind of go into that. Why on earth would any of these current athletes be on social media and taking critiques from me, from you, from yeah. just average Joe fan? What on earth is the upside to doing that? Can anyone uh, explain that to me? It, is that the tease? No. Okay. No, right. Well, I thought I, I was under the impression that you were. I just told you now. I'm trying to salvage <laughs> what would have been an unbelievable start to the show, and instead, well, unbelievable Jelly Belly over there ruined the, the dang thing. Yeah. <laughs> the first right. segment might have lagged a little bit, but this actually turned the first segment into a much better segment. Um, all right. First of all. You said, yeah, I might as well just do it now. So I thought that's how you were going to salvage the first segment. My fault. 
I'm not taking the blame for not knowing this was a secret. Now, to answer your question, I, you, I'm not. For the record, not blaming you one bit. I know who you are. I know how you operate. I don't. Think I that know you makes can't me keep feel a better. I know it all. Was it a secret? No, it was. No, I'm not. It was. That's why. I tell took me you. it was a That's, secret. That's why I took you off the string, but so I that I get a natural. That. I want it. Okay. Well, that's again. It's on Jesse. It's Jesse's. Fault. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jesse now getting critiques on this social is, media uh, like Justin Fields. This is like when uh, in Survivor, there's a plan to use a hidden immunity idol, and then like I'm the one who has it, and I give it to somebody else, and then I get voted out somehow. That's what this feels like right you'd now. I got out. totally yeah. bamboozled. Out of the all right, first all right, all right. You didn't get bamboozled. You did. In fairness to Jesse, he was trying to do the right thing to make the segue into the second segment more effective so I wouldn't be caught completely by surprise when the bull in the china shop took us to break. That's all he was trying to do. I didn't think this was going to ruin anything. I'm sorry that it did. Now, to answer your question, you know who did the best job ever as a professional athlete with social media? This he's sounds go, like a tease. He's going to go. This sounds like well, a no, tease. 9-10. I'm going to answer it right away. He's going into the Packers Hall of Fame in August. Aaron Not Cantman. for his social media usage. Aaron Cantman? No, the I other guy. I didn't know guy. he was a big social media user. Clay Matthews. Because no, I disagree. The, because the only thing that Clay Matthews did, he had someone doing it for him. He never did it himself. He never looked at it. And all he did was make money off of it by posting tweets for his partners for Tide laundry detergent and all that other stuff. And so he used it to make some money, but he never was on it to get critiqued, never was on it to get criticized. He might not have even known so, his password. So I'm going to disagree with you on the Circle respect. gets the square. I think A.J. Dillon has done the best social media uh, job of all. Of you couldn't be more wrong. Because, Jason, here's why I say that. A.J. Dillon has been, if it was not for how he has done things outside, the love he's garnered from Wisconsin sports fans because of how he's handled his business, most people look at him as a huge, you know, as a bust as far as a second-round pick. His production and how it's played out. Is that fair? Strictly on the field? If he is a fourth or fifth, he, he would say, I'd say he's played to a fourth or fifth-round pick. Sure. I'll agree with yep. you. Nice player. Yep. He's mm -hmm. been, he's had some really good moments. Um Bust is probably strong. He is, is. I think he's probably you know at that spot. But he has been vulnerable on social media. He's led us into his life. And fans now, yesterday, where I think on that list that we that I put out, not in a poll form, I would have thought he'd be third or fourth on that list of people that they'd re-sign. Probably fourth. Savage. Uh, Nixon. Keyshawn Nixon. And who is who is the other guy that I put on? I that don't list? know. You, you're you're polling. Oh, Dave. Runyon. Johnny Runyon. So, and instead, he got a ton of, yeah, we want him back. Oh, we, he's good for this. He's good for that. There was a lot of responses, whereas normally I don't, I really think his social media game and all of the endorsements that he's gotten because of it, sure. I think he's utilized that in a much better way. Clay's is totally transactional. Nobody felt like you're getting any insight into who he is. But here's so the you're also he's probably not getting the negative, but I think AJ Dillon's handled that negative. Uh, in a good way. I don't. So, all right, so uh, let me preface this by saying I like AJ Dillon. Did some events with him for Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. I, the Quadzilla book was a huge hit. 
you were someone who was huge on literacy. That was what your charitable work was when you were a player. He's doing the similar thing to what you did. It's great. But I would disagree on the second half of this. What did we learn from the facts of life? You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. There's the facts mm -hmm. of social media. And the reason why Clay Matthews, to your point about what started this conversation, he never got that stuff. He never got people in his pocket you telling him he that. sucks. No, I you don't. I know do that. know that. We've talked about no, it. No, you don't. Because Lay Jason, you, you, he lied you to saw me? how he, you saw, yes. Yeah, like Goody lied to you and like Aaron Rodgers lied to you. Hey, guys, Jason, people I hate lie. to tell you this. Mm -hmm. Yes, not everybody is truthful with you. Okay? Uh, can we just... Some so people text the producer forward. behind your back without even knowing it. Uh, yeah. The idea, Clay didn't take the criticism that he was hearing that he was injury prone and all this other stuff. You don't think he heard that? He, I don't care if he was sure on he his it, phone but he didn't scrolling hear it from social, social media, which is what we were talking about. You don't about. know that. I, I am you don't know that. I, I can but tell you, you he didn't even know his password. I'm just telling you because that was a conversation we had. Okay. So my point is, you're right about all the good that A.J. Dillon created with social media. From the very minute he, I mean, frankly, I believe, isn't that how his, he met his wife? Like, he got here and he tweeted out that he was, he was in Wisconsin, and then he got a bunch of people responding to him, and she's a Green Bay native. I think that's how that happened. So, yes, lots of upside. I would say that there's been lots of upside for me with Twitter over the years, too. But... You also have to factor in the negative. And he struggled, and he was very vulnerable to me and in the story that I wrote last offseason. But he did absorb the criticism. It did bother him. Now, not to the point that Devontae Campbell announced that he wasn't going to play hurt anymore because of all the criticism he took on social media. But A.J. Dillon absorbed more of the negativity than Clay Matthews did from social media. That doesn't mean that he didn't have family members. You always told us this, that even if you didn't see it, your brothers or your parents or people that care about you would see the criticism. So it's not like you could insulate yourself completely. But from a social media perspective, Clay Matthews insulated himself from it. That doesn't mean he fully insulated himself, but you're talking about why would a player be on social media? You're right. You're right. I don't Insulated. know why. Now, now you're going with very degrees of insulation. That's what you're doing. No, going I'm not. You he insulated himself. Not I completely. I don't want to tease us into the next segment without you. I ruined the show. But the Pink Panther insulation. Well, he cut it down to eights. He didn't use the three-quarter sheet. He only put eight Your sheets question that started this. You, your, don't, don't do that. Your question that started this conversation. I'm so mad at Jesse. I clearly, you're projecting. The, the question that started this was, why would an athlete have social media and absorb those critiques? It's from make money. Which goes back to the Clay Matthews point that I made. But there's, there's also the connection to the fans that allows you to. Clay sure. Matthews is a first-round pick that was, you know, a stud. A.J. Dillon has done this as a backup running back. Mm-hmm. That's why it's better. I'm not disagreeing with you on all the positivity that he generated. I'm just telling you that unlike him, Clay Matthews, in the social media space, insulated himself from the critiques D you just AJ said Dillon. these guys no, were absorbing. Okay, yeah.
According to you, he, he I'm not going to say he didn't insulate himself, but to act as if his house was fully insulated and kept I did, all no, the I, hot we air were just in talking and the cold air out, media. he oh, was not fully sounds... insulated. He took the shrapnel, too. He did it. Don't get me started on that. I'm going to so, get you started so, so, on this. So what you're and saying is he didn't have color windows and doors of Wisconsin on his house. Well, if you, well, <laughs> yes, indeed, Jason. <laughs> and again, today for me is the last day. February 23rd for you as the consumer is the last day to get the greatest, the goatest deal in the history with Gina Della. And this show is going right now, and it ends tomorrow. Zero, and I mean zero percent interest for 60 months, five years. No down payment, no interest, no payments. Imagine having those beautiful Pella windows and doors Mm -hmm. installed, but not having to make a single payment on them for that long of a time frame. Take advantage now because this deal at Pella lasts till tomorrow. Mm. Again, 0% interest for 60 months. I can assure you, next Monday when I'm talking... Not going to be this deal. It's going to. It's not going to be this sweet of a deal. So there's some urgency. Get to it if you need new windows or doors. Pella's expert team installs year-round as they can customize any new window or door to match your home's unique decor. Visit PellaWI.com today. Jason Wilby, I have found a statistic that I do believe when all of these other team's fans are saying... Why can Green Bay constantly have Hall of Fame quarterbacks? How do they do it? Well, I have a stat that's going to blow your mind. We'll give you that next. It's Will D. You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and sponsored by American Family Insurance. How was that tease? How was that tease? I wasn't sure if I was supposed to bring us back or not after the tease. No, I'm bringing us back. That's all, the whole part of the tease. Um, that was a good tease, was it not? Are you I, not intrigued? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? The goat is entertained. I got to say, yeah, first of all, I love how you've turned goat into a adjective that can become goat, goater goatiest. or goatest. It'd be goatiest. I screwed up and didn't put an I in there. Goatiest. Okay. Um, like, and oh, then you geez. tweeted out that you just teased the craziest stat on why I yeah, believe I, the Packers have gotten it right at quarterback more than any other franchise. But yep. uh, it was an outstanding tease. And some might say, some might say that the argument that preceded it during the program about the heads up, about the tease that was coming, was actually. A bonus and not a drawback at all. Oh, I don't know. You're it didn't, it, for I, our f- I stayed out of your way. <laughs> you're you had, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say except you're welcome? All right, Godius Teaser. Okay. 
So, Drum roll, please. I just teased this out, and everybody is... You don't need to keep telling us you teased it. So we know you teased it. I know. Why yeah. is Green Bay so good at this? What Jordan Love just got this. What What is going on here? He got Farvey and this. And my boy Greg gave me this and Zach. Zach and Greg gave me this info yesterday. And I thought, that can't be right. I literally, when he told me it, I said, this can't be right. So, Jesse, hold up on putting this up on the screen. But, Jason, can you tell me the last time the Green Bay Packers started a rookie quarterback in an NFL game. Can you tell me when that was? Uh, Jesse, d- you maybe should have given him a heads up on d- this so he didn't Don- know it was dead air. God, you're such Continue. a dink today. <laughs> I did this. I am. Don Makowski as a rookie 10th round pick in 1988. Seven. 1987. Did I get it right? You did, which I am amazed that Apologize you did. Apologize right I, now for the dead air. Uh, I did not know that. I thought there was something else. And, well, that's and not that, that crazy of a stat at all. That is a crazy I knew stat. It. Because when you, when you look at it, what is the next closest team on in the 31 other teams? What year do you think the next team could make that same claim that the Green Bay Packers in 1987 is the last time they rolled out a rookie quarterback in the NFL. I have no idea. 2012, the Seattle Seahawks. That is the next gap. And, Jesse, throw this up on our stream. That was Russell Wilson. So that Jason can see this. This is completely why... The Green Bay Packers have gotten it right. Oh my! God. This right here explains why this is the case. Hey, I hate to—I hate to be that guy. Even though I tend to be that guy fairly regularly. They had two back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and no one else. Why did. were they Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Because they were great because they players. Didn't start as a rookie. Because they didn't start as rookies. <laughs> That's why. That's what. That's why. That's why. Three in a row. Jason, one time is okay. Peyton Manning. Okay, one time. I'm talking about the history of a franchise getting getting it right and right and right. You replaced Randy Wright in 1987, and that is the last time the Green Bay Packers rolled out a rookie quarterback. Here you go. The proof is in the pudding, and the pudding tells you these teams haven't gotten it right to the degree the Green Bay Packers have. This stat tells me that the Green Bay Packers have figured this out, and I don't think they will ever start another rookie quarterback uh, again. Um, you realize that I if... think this is I think this is an organizational thing that they are very adamant about handling. I knew that. But these numbers and this, Jason, what's twelve? What's twenty twelve minus nineteen eighty seven? How many years is that? Three, five, thirty five. Fifteen years? Thir- no, is it thirty five? Twenty five. Twenty five. Fifteen yeah, games great. left in the NBA season. Jason, the fact that there's a twenty five year gap in that doesn't blow your blank in mind. Um. 
it does, but I I guess I don't understand, and I don't want to I don't want to be critical of was it Greg and Zach who sent you that sack? Yeah, sack, sack and Greg. Yep. Um, you had the most durable quarterback in NFL history who started more games without missing time. Like, um, that's part of it. Uh, Brett Favre was essentially a rookie his first year and played like it at times. Okay, well, so Aaron uh, Rodgers was uh, essentially uh, uh, a rookie, uh, even though no, he's no, 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 years. not Jordan no, Love. Not essentially the same. Get out of no, here with that hogwash. Brett Favre, his nineteen ninety one season, he overslept for the team picture because he was hungover from the night before. He was garbanzo. He might he might as well have been back in Hattiesburg for another year because he didn't get Jack out of his rookie season. So him. Uh, the Rodgers, the love stuff, great. But durability is a part of this, is it not? If Aaron Rodgers can't start the 2008 game against Atlanta with a separated shoulder, who starts the game? Matt Flynn, who's a rookie. So some Wait, of did it. He? <sighs> did he? No, no I'm he asking. didn't. That's why your stat is accurate. But what I'm but I don't think it illustrates that the Packers are better at this than everybody else. They got but two great exactly players. It illustrates that. It exactly illustrates Does, it because they're they're great players because they didn't have to play as rookies. They're great players because they were built around and learned the learned how the game is played. Yes, they're great players. But Jason, this isn't some fluky stat. This stat's got chops. This stat is 25 blank in years difference. And how does it, the Bears fans are sitting there, how does this happen? Because you're not rolling out 50 new quarterbacks every three years. That's how. Um, I'm amazed. I legit thought you were going to say, you know what, man? This is something that I think would be a great Sunday article. Because I think it is. The fact that you think, well, if Matt Flynn, uh, you know, if Aaron's shoulder was sore, Matt Flynn would have played, and then that's it. Okay, ifs and buts are candy and nuts, brother. I don't think it's a bad stat. I don't think it's as impressive as you think it is. That's all. I think you're insane. There, Jesse, you? am I insane? Am I insane? It It is a pretty significant stat, I think, that it's been so long between. 25 years? Anytime it's that much of an outlier, years? it seems significant to some <laughs> degree. So I, I, I was... No, no. I mean, if Farvey, uh, if Farvey, uh, shoulder pads didn't make the trip down, he, he went to start it in that Tampa that's game. That's not. And anyway, I had to play a young. You were a little dismissive of the. I'm of not the dismissive. Stat. What I'm saying no, is, he's very you, your, dismissive. your statement is about two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history that the Packers got, and to suggest that they were great because they didn't play as rookies is asinine. That's not why they were great. Brett Favre almost got benched two and a half years into his starting. Time with the Packers. You're so dismissive of confidence. You know better than that. You know how important confidence is. Derek Carr, David Carr, I don't know which Carr was the one that played for the Texans. I'm you not have dismissive that part of, that. of it, Jason. You are being dismissive. You, right, you just think if Farvey rolls out in Atlanta and starts as a rookie, there's a good chance he's out of the league in three years. Same thing with Rodgers. Now, I don't think that's the case, but you don't know. But what the Packers uh, have done is they've taken that variable out of the equation, and that has led to one of the most historic runs 
And if Jordan Love is as good as he's been, all of a sudden you're looking another 15 years, that thing goes Lord knows how long. You, you, what you're missing is if those guys aren't as great as they are, they have to find another quarterback. And maybe it is a rookie that they draft. The reason maybe. why that stretch is that long is because they were two of the greatest quarterbacks ever. That's then why. Why were they that great? They didn't play as because rookies. they didn't play as rookies. That's the only reason you they don't were think, great. And therein lies, and therein lies the difference. You don't care. You don't think that's a big deal. I do. That's the difference, which it's, is fine. You're right. I think it is a component of their greatness. I'm not disagreeing with that. But to put it all on the fact that they didn't have to play as rookies, if they don't play at a Hall of Fame level, the Packers have to find a different quarterback. If they don't stay durable, Aaron Rodgers breaks two collarbones. Other than that, the dude never misses games. He wasn't as durable as Favre, but he was still durable. If they're not great and durable, they have to start other guys. And I'm guessing one's a rookie at some point. Maybe. Doesn't seem like that's the way the Packers do it. 25 blanking years before the next team, which is 10 years right. away. And the, ex the, la the, last, the team with the longest stretch since, the guy they started as a rookie turned out to be a fantastic quarterback and was good as a rookie. Because guys can be good as rookies. C.J. Stroud Jesse, has been good. Hey, okay, fair enough. You know, we're going to have to table this because we've got to have Co coming. Jesse, I want you to pull Ask this. Him I think it's a big deal. I think this stat's a big deal. Jason doesn't. Which side are you on? I think this is a big-time stat that tells you a lot about the Packers' front office and why we've had the success we've had. Jason basically is like, boo, whatever. Am I, am I, I don't want to misconstrue what you're saying, but I that's think, the vibe I'm getting. I think them not playing as rookies is a component to their early success, but I don't think because they the, the praise that the two general managers deserve, and now the third one, if Jordan Love is as good as he was in the last nine games, is that they got the position right with who they picked or traded for. Ron Wolf is in the Hall of Fame because he traded for a guy who turned out to be a Hall of Famer. Ted Thompson sustained the Packers' success because he drafted a guy who turned out to be a Hall of Famer. And Goody has his team back in contention and had them in the playoffs with a first-year starter because it looks like he got the pick right. That's why. Did they start as rookies? Did Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson start any of their guys as rookies? No, I'm asking. No. I don't know. No, they didn't. Oh, interesting. But very interesting. Next. Very interesting. Evan Cohen joined this next saying, one. Jason, I'm you. not saying. Can we get to hey, Evan? I'm not saying it's the. I'm not saying that's the only thing. You, but you, to to just poo-poo it, uh, you're poo-pooing uh, it, thinking uh, it's uh, child's uh, play, uh, 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 and it's a much bigger deal than child's play. You said that's it's all? the most. It's the. I, <laughs> you can't say it's not the only thing when you when you presented it as the craziest stat. The, the, I think that tells you the of, most about why they've had success. It does. It is. It does. Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike joins us next. I want to remind you, if you've been injured or someone you love has been injured, and these reads suck according to Tausch when I do them, but nevertheless, call Not Google all of them. One call, that's all. David and his team have been doing this for 35 years. Go to gruber-law.com to find out more about their history, about their lawyers that are on staff, about their involvement in the community, and if you need their legal advice, one call, that's all. 414-276-6666. 414-276-6666. Gruber Law Office is one call. That's all. We'll call Evan Cohen.
Next, it's Wilde and Tausch. This is Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. means it's time for Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike to join us. Evan, I'm sorry we're getting to you late. It doesn't happen often on this show, but Tausch and I got into an argument. Yeah, neither of those two things happen often, Jason. No, we definitely get to you late, but later than even later than usual. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's great to be with you, as always. I thought I was going to be with Belaga today, Jason, but all right, we'll settle for his Belaga's backup, Mark Tausch. Well. If you want to call us tomorrow, you can talk to Gary Ellerson and me. Um, I will, uh, sure, if you want to have me. You don't have to ask me twice. Um, so, Tausch, would you like to get Evan's input on what we were arguing about? I'd love to. Yes. So, the floor Evan, is yours. I, 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 as you're the point guard of unsportsmanlike, you lead ins and out of the breaks and everything else, and you tease. Will D doesn't like teasing. I enjoy a good tease. What? I love the movie Strip Tease with Demi Moore. I thought it was a great movie. I like teases. And I thought I had a great tease. I found a great little nugget yesterday because everybody is wondering, how do the Packers keep getting this quarterback position right? They got it right with Favre. They got it right with Rodgers. And by all accounts, so far, in a small sample size, we got it right with Jordan Love. And a stat came across my desk yesterday I told Jesse. Jesse couldn't keep a secret. He ruined the first segment. But all of that is all water under the bridge now. Clearly. The stat I have is the Green Bay Packers have not started a rookie quarterback since 1987. 1987. The next closest team on that list is 25 years later, the Seattle Seahawks, started Russ Wilson in 2012. That is the closest gap. Everybody else has started one since. I believe that is a huge reason why Green Bay keeps getting it right at quarterback. Do you think that stat is as interesting as I do? Okay, a few things here. Number one, obviously comparing the movie strip tease to radio tease. I mean, it's not the first time that's happened, obviously. Very, very similar. Um, second thing... I love the idea. Demi Moore? It's not a semi-tractor trailer. What are you talking about? Okay, funny line. Uh, the second thing that I, I want to think about is the idea of, like, literally a stat coming off of, coming across Tausch's desk as if he's in a newsroom in the 1950s <laughs> and someone is handing him a stat at a desk, not just I'm scrolling through Twitter and I saw something, right? That's the next thing. So I do wonder whether or not that stat is maybe your be-all, catch-all, however you want to look at it, for the brilliance of the Green Bay Packers organization over the course of the last 30 years, let's say, at finding quarterbacks. I believe there's two keys to this, to the the sport in general. Literally, the, the NFL and football in general, there's two keys. Number one, always get a quarterback when you want one, not when you need one. Number two, always have a quarterback that can outperform his contract. 
what the Green Bay Packers have done. If you want to say it coincides or it's because they never start rookie quarterbacks, you can say it. But the reality is the Green Bay Packers, better than any other franchise in the sport, bring in quarterbacks when they want one, not when they need one, and have always had a quarterback that can outperform his contract. And that, to me, is why the Green Bay Packers have been more successful over the last 30-plus years than anyone else at finding quarterbacks. So, just like Wilde, you didn't actually answer my question. Is the stat interesting and a good indicator for why the Green Bay Packers have figured it out? Is that stat yeah, moved think, the needle I mean, for Evan Cohen? Um, yes, but I actually okay. think the stat put him, is Put him as a yes on the poll. All right. No, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> the stat is incomplete, and I'll tell you why. It's incomplete because that would almost give off the impression that they don't have rookie quarterbacks. And what I'd like to actually see is if the Green Bay Packers since 1987 carried more rookie quarterbacks on their roster than any other team in the sport. Because if Ron Wolf's theory was to always draft a quarterback when he was a general manager of the Packers, the beauty of Green Bay is that they probably carried a ton of rookie quarterbacks that never played. My dad growing up, in turn, when we would talk about college basketball, and he still talks about it to this day, would talk about UCLA and how McDonald's All-Americans would go to UCLA and never actually play as a freshman and then emerge as all-time great players. The Packers have mastered in development. The idea that upon arrival as a rookie you have to play has hurt so many teams across the league at multiple positions. That's Green true. Bay almost has the opposite of, oh, you're a rookie? You are not playing. I don't care how good you are. And that has helped them. So the uh, pushback that so I the delivered. So the answer is yes, it's a significant no. stat. Uh, yeah, that's in listen, essence what you know, Evan is here's he the doesn't. Problem. Here's the problem, Tausch. You don't listen to what I'm actually saying. You just want to be right in arguments versus starting arguments. Oh, it doesn't, why do not I even true. speak? Why am I Not speaking? Stop pouting. Hey, uh, no. hey Pouty Here's McGee, stop with the pouting. No, no, no. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. In and around the state of Wisconsin, people like Jan Latta and Matt LaPay and Josh DiMaggio, who are smart, are saying, wow, those are really good points. I'm interested in those. You are just saying, I'm right. What's the point <laughs> of me speaking? <laughs> Oh my! Is God. Evan pandering to the judge? Uh, I don't know what he's our, doing. Our professor, Professor Hoyt, who we all love, yeah. we all, it was all of our professors at UW Madison, the three of us. He is sitting there saying, "You know what? I taught him well. He's thought out. He's reasoned. He's not worrying about winning and losing. He's worrying about having a conversation, journalism, yeah. ethics." As I took with Professor Hoyt, you just want to win. So congratulations, Sash. You got to win. Jason and I will have a conversation. Uh, as part of our conversation that made us even later than usual to get to you, my point was that they picked the right guys. Yes, it's great that they haven't had to play rookies, but it's easy to have a run like that when, A, you had back-to-back Hall of Famers, and, B, durable back-to-back Hall of Famers. If Jordan, if Jordan Love suffers an injury in his first season as the starter, which... I'm glad he didn't. He and I did have a conversation where I admitted that I was nervous when he was running and not sliding. They would have had to play Sean Clifford because they didn't have a veteran backup, and that streak would have ended. So the durability 
and the greatness of their quarterbacks. While it is a fascinating stat, I don't think it means the causality of they've got it right at quarterback because they don't play rookies. I think it's an interesting stat, but that's all it is. It's very interesting. Now, to answer your question, Evan. Wait, Jason, 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 can I just chime in on one thing you said? Sure. Okay. Yep. I need to ask you a question on this. You said the key to this is picking the right quarterback. So here's my question. Would any of these guys have been the right quarterback if they had to play upon arrival as rookies? Wow. Right. What this, a great and, thought-provoking question from Professor Cohen. That was good. It's a great question. And Brett Favre, who, as I mentioned, overslept for the team picture in Atlanta because he was drunk the night before and hung over, would not How have was been... How that night, Josh? In 1991, would not not have been a success. The question that I do think is fair, which Aaron Rodgers has been asked and has said repeatedly, is that he believes he has the same career, whether he plays right away or not, and whether he plays in San Francisco or Green Bay. I don't agree, but he has to believe that in his own mind. That's so crazy, though. That is I don't think... If Tom Brady was on the line with us, and he's on my other line, I'm not picking him up. I'm going to stay with you thanks, guys here. Thanks for but ignoring Tom, him. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, no problem. Uh, if Tom Brady was, was talking to us right now, and we asked him, would you have the same career if you had to play year one, I do not believe he would have said yes or would mm-hmm. say yes. I, I think he looks at the year with Bledsoe, which, by the way, this, it, it, that's the weirdest thing. Rodgers' first three years or whatever it was with, with Favre, are talked about so much that he was the backup and QB controversy and all that kind of stuff. I don't think most people realize Brady was in the league for a full year before he played. Mm-hmm. It was his second year that Bledsoe got knocked out, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for, for Drew Bledsoe against the Jets, right? I think that Brady would tell you that he, the red shirt year helped. I can't understand how Rodgers wouldn't say the same thing. Right, That's and I, I agree with you and your friend Tom and with yeah. Tausch. That it helped both of those guys. Now, Favre had to play, what, three games into his first season in Green Bay. So he was a lot more like a rookie when he had to play than Rodgers was when he started in 2008. My point is, is that, yes, it certainly helped both those players become who they were. But keeping that streak intact was also because they played at such a great level for so long because most teams don't have two guys who combined for, what, 31 years of being a starter without really being bad at any point that you needed to make a change. And if we're being honest, they were both really durable, so they didn't have to play a rookie backup for one game to break the streak. My issue is I don't think that stat illustrates why the Packers have been so good at quarterback. I think it illustrates that their system has worked and it has helped those guys become great, but if they get the wrong guy who sits for three years and is mediocre, like we thought maybe Jordan Love was going to be in the first half of the season, this stat doesn't mean anything. Uh, Understood. A couple of follow-ups on that. I'm of the belief, Tavs can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because he... Oh, he will. Um... I believe endurance and durability is learned in some cases of, like, how to shape your body, how to avoid injury, that I assume, like, Aaron Rodgers understood better how to avoid injury because he was there for multiple years watching far, mm-hmm. working with doctors and trainers, that he probably, you know, was better experienced in that than he would have been in year one. Um, 
that would be my guess. In addition, by drafting a quarterback because you want one and not when you need one, normally you're drafting a quarterback when you need one, which would indicate your team is horrible the year before, which would likely indicate your quarterback was horrible and likely indicate that your O-line was horrible. And thus, in year one as a rookie quarterback, you are more likely to get hurt because the people protecting you in front look more like Taos than they do like Bulaga, right? So I think hmm. that would also factor into it. Now, let me flip this thing upside down for a second. Let's play out an, a hypothetical that, thankfully for Packers fans, don't, don't exist or do, does not exist. Excuse me. Let's say, for argument's sake, Jordan Love was terrible last year and the Packers had the number one pick in the draft this year. Tausch, would you suggest that they take Caleb Williams because they would then be in a spot to have a rookie quarterback, people say generational, and they would have to draft a quarterback because they need one, not when, they, not when they want one? What a great question. Yes, you would draft Caleb Williams, but you would play Sean Clifford. <laughs> so you would – okay, boy, that would go over well, I'm sure. <laughs> wow. So that's really the question. Do you think the organization – would have the guts to say our system of waiting works. And so in the meantime, we're going to let's use, let's use a better version of that. We're going to draft Caleb Williams, but we are going yep. to go and pay Gardner Minshew $20 million for one year to be our quarterback because we are convinced that playing rookie quarterbacks does not work. Mm. Correct. Yeah, I don't think they're going to play a rookie quarterback, even if it's Caleb Williams at the first overall pick. I just, that's not. Now, I do think there could get to a point in the middle of that next season where Caleb Williams is showing things at practice, maybe Minshew or whomever they pick up as a veteran isn't playing well, that they would abandon this whole thing because it's just a stat, according to Jason. But I firmly believe they believe that throwing somebody out there right away is not good for their long-term development. That's why they don't do it, and that's why they haven't done it for 40 blanking years. Yeah, but I think, I think you, know what's, you know what's holding you guys up in addition to the behind-the-scenes of uh, when to tease and what not to tease on this? I think it's actually attaching the word stat. It's not a stat, it's a philosophy. And what, what really we're talking about is, I think, Jason, you're saying – I believe the Packers are going to play the best quarterback regardless of who it is and what year he's in at the time they have the quarterback. And what Tausch is saying is this is the organizational philosophy where a rookie quarterback, in essence, is ineligible to play. And the only way to actually put that to the test is to have the number one overall pick at the quarterback position. And if organizationally they would do something that no one in recent memory does, which is not play the number one overall pick in the draft. So much so that I have gotten laughed at when I have suggested the idea that the Carolina Panthers should actually sign Carolina native and former UW-Madison star Russell Wilson to be their quarterback this year and sit Bryce Young because it's what they should have done last year. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that he can't play. It just means he should probably not play right away. But if Tausch is saying... But that is organizationally the philosophy of what the Green Bay Packers are. Then I will say to you, they have the single best philosophy in the sport. And furthermore, if they ever actually did that with somebody like Caleb Williams, I have more respect for Brian Gutenkus than anyone in the sport outside of Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm.
I agree. I agree with everything you said. The problem is if you trade for or if you sign Gardner Minshew and then he injures his thumb, you have to play the young quarterback regardless. Brett Favre was not the starter opening day in 1992. Mike Holmgren didn't want to start him. So they started the veteran quarterback. That wasn't his rookie year. Right, but but what I'm saying is is that at some point, Brett Favre, they obviously realize Brett Favre is better than Magic, and they start him. But they chose not to start him from the jump, and then Magic breaks his ankle, and they have to play him, right? Like, if Brett Favre didn't have the durability that he did during an 05 season when you guys were pretty bad, or if he hadn't played through broken thumbs like he did, you might have had to play a rookie quarterback. And... So it Jason, would have only been for one game. They didn't. But they Wait, didn't. but Jason just Jason just presented an awesome hypothetical, Tausch, that I'd love for you to answer. So Jason presented okay. a hypothetical in the in the Gardner Minshew Caleb Williams make believe thing that we're making up here. Right? Gardner Minshew, God forbid, gets hurt. Caleb Williams is there. Does the organization play him, or does the the philosophy of the organization allow for a true redshirt, which is something the New York Jets don't understand, because when they say Zach Wilson was supposed to redshirt, you don't then play the redshirt. That's the point of the redshirt. So Mm -hmm. he wasn't actually redshirting. He was just a backup, right? In that scenario, Mark Tauscher and the Green Bay Packers, do they play Caleb Williams, or Sean Clifford is there and Caleb Williams is the third string? This is where it would immediately he would not. But I do believe if you got to November and Caleb Williams was picking things up and you felt really confident that he could go out and play, I think they would abandon that because they would say, well, he's not really a rookie now. He's already five, you know, three, four months into the season and no, we can play. No, you can't, so, you can't do that. You can't do that because your whole thing, which is fair, is that they have not started a rookie quarterback since 1987, and that is Oh, I start Caleb Williams because he's he's not a rookie. Well, yes, he is. He's still in his first year. Yeah. That's a rookie season. So I yeah, it would say it would have been fascinating. But just like had Brett Favre busted his thumb and not been able to play, and they had to play a rookie, all of that is null and void. The Packers have their philosophy. They've been able to execute it, and that philosophy has given you two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and another young star in the making in Jordan Love. Those are the facts and the reality on the ground up in Titletown. Thank you, Evan Cohen, for your time. I thought you were wonderful. And we're hanging up on people. What just happened here? What do you mean? Well, I'm getting red clocks. Uh, This running a show is a lot tougher than just sitting back in my chair and listening to it. It is, yeah. Well, you're not. Well, who who appointed you the person to run the show? What is it? Jason's sitting right there. Tows well, won the argument 15 minutes ago, so. Yeah, just ask him. I, I want it not. I TKO'd everybody, and I've been sitting here with a spit bucket waiting to pick you guys up. So, let me. I'll finish with this question. If this is the philosophy that has made them so great at the quarterback position, when are they going to implement the philosophy that's going to make them so great at winning Super Bowls? Mm. Well, they got two. Well, if they're so much better than everyone else at the quarterback position, which is the most important position, they got two is not enough in 31 years. Mm. So when are they implementing that philosophy? Maybe they should start playing rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Thanks, Evan. snap. We appreciate you. (laughs) See you, guys. That is Evan Cohen. You can hear him every morning on Unsportsmanlike. Uh, Tausch, it's a heck of a run. You did a great job. That was fun. 
Have a Coors Light to kind of quench your thirst. Yeah, after it was a lot of work. Coors Light. Brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it's made to chill, and there's nothing better than beating Jason Wildey and Evan Cohen in a fun argument and then cracking open a Coors Light to celebrate that big W. And you know my celebratory Coors Light will be cold-activated. The bottles and cans are blue and chilled to perfection. That's why it is Coors Light in my hand. When I need a moment to chill, celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company. A golden... Colorado. I would say we'll start the 10 o'clock hour in two minutes, but we still have to finish the 9 o'clock hour, so we'll be back with more next. It's Wildey and Tausch. You're listening to Wildey and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Missed any of the show? Find us on Wisconsin On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. It's free, it's everywhere, and it's for you. This ain't a good And it reads thusly. Tausch says the Packers not starting a rookie quarterback since 1987 may be the greatest explanation for the team's run of great quarterbacks. Jason says the stat is not a big deal or a proper explanation for Packers QB success. Are you Team Mark Tauscher or Team Jason Wilde? <laughs> That's a great question, Jason. Again, I don't believe that there is a direct causality between the stats and why the Packers have been great at the position. So that I think that's a fair description by Jesse. As of right now, with 73 votes, 63% Team Tausch, 37% Team Wildey. You happy with those numbers? Yeah, it should be higher for Team T. It should be in the 80s, I think. You're going to have your 20% uh, Wildeans that just whatever you say, they just buy. Right, and, and 60% Tauschians, yeah. <laughs> to, to act as if this stat, which is so glaring compared to the other 31 teams, is it, that's the part that should make you right, go, I want I, hmm. I, I want people to explain where they stand hmm. on this. Let's take some calls. Okay? Love it. Let's take some calls. 844-770-3776. 844-770-3776. I don't appreciate you making it sound like I don't think it's an interesting stat. It's interesting. I don't think it says what you think it says. That's my position. Yeah, I, I understand that. Okay, well. I get it. I, I don't want. It is interesting. Anything that says 1987 is the last time something happened is interesting. You were 10. But you can also admit you've poo-pooed it. You were very poo-pooed. I poo-poo the idea that their success at the position is because they never start rookie quarterbacks. But I do believe it's, and that's where we fundamentally disagree. I think it is a big, not the only, but a big indicator to why we've seen the quarterback position unfold the way it has in the G and G kingdom. Well, uh, one thing Tausch and I will always agree on is that Steinhoffels is a great partner of ours. And 
They have extended their President's Day mattress sale, so now is the best time to save big on a new Tempur-Pedic mattress. Save up to $300 and pay only 46 bucks a month for a queen Tempur-Pedic mattress when you use Steinhoffel's 60-month financing. Plus, you'll save $200 more when you upgrade to an adjustable base set. Tempur-Pedics are designed to make aches and pains a thing of the past by supporting the body as no other mattress can. The President's Day mattress sale going on now in store or online at Steinhoffels.com. Steinhoffels, your mattress destination. The 10 o'clock hour is our next destination. 844-770-3776. Especially if you want to agree with Tausch. 844-770-3776. That's the number. you know I love a good disagreement too. So I know you no, do, but you've got bring a lot, it either way. You, you got a lot of it in the first hour, so I thought maybe it would be time for some agreeers to join the no. program. All right, good. If you I, think Tausch is I think, whacked, call two eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. The ten o'clock hour starts very late in two minutes. It's Wildey and Tausch.